morning crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We've got Gonzo, also known as Super G, joining us on this Monday. Selman G, the CEO of Collecti Labs, and Andrew Cashflow, also known as the Cashflow King. So very excited for this episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how the Cardano founder is continuing his war of words against the XRP community, telling Ripple CTO David Schwartz to grow a pair and stand against his own army. Interpool is launching the first global police metaverse as Reddit users opened over 2.5 million NFT wallets since July, highlighting the demand and use cases for the future of the NFT market. UK's newest prime minister is bullish on crypto adoption as Flare Networks is preparing for launch, letting recipients know what to expect over the next coming months. Kathy Wood explains her Bitcoin investment strategy, cashing out nearly $8 million in profit since 2015. And Ripple's lead engineer is stepping down after over a decade with the company. Just as this lawsuit appears to be coming to a close, we show our listeners a video of Jeremy Hogan breaking down the most important details of a settlement between Ripple and the SEC. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So what's going on to all the warriors out there? I am so excited for this episode, Gonzo. You make me laugh every time I do the live. But before we get into all of our great news, I want to hear how you're feeling. How are you feeling this morning, Gonzo? I'm feeling great, man. Every time you say that, it just brings a big smile to my face. I can just feel the energy through the screen. That, that's, that's why we always smile. So, no, man, it was a great weekend. Uh, you know, we could talk a little bit once we get to pricing. Kind of w- was looking at for the community, like some entry points for certain cryptocurrencies but i spent some time looking at andrew's investment course uh it's not out yet it's going to roll out soon he can talk about it but i'm telling you guys man packed full of information i was like it's like one of these things that you're going to have to watch a few times uh but um yeah so i spent a few hours doing that and then just getting better at my technical analysis we could talk about it later but um got some confirmation on my ta on quant and johnny's not here but he'll be happy to know that you know we might be we might be going to some some levels where you might be able to make some entries. Hey, shout out to Mr. Johnny Crypto this morning. Send in love and high vibes. And we do call him the cash flow king for a reason. But before we get to Andrew Cashflow, we got the CEO of Collecti Labs joining us. What's up, Salman? How are you feeling? I'm doing amazing. Thank you so much. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to y'all out there. Comments are insane as always. And I'm super happy about um, you know, it's a it's a new start. Let's make this and a fantastic week, guys. We have great content, so I'm super happy to be here on the show with you guys. Awesome. And Andrew Cashel, I'm excited to have you in the building. Why don't you speak about the course that Gonzo had mentioned and how you feeling, my friend? Hey, good morning, everybody, and good afternoon, everybody in Europe. And uh, Silman, at least we are a little bit uh, representing Europe at the moment. Um, yeah, my course, you know, I've worked uh, very hard, studied very hard for years, actually. And, 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 and seven months ago, I said, now I'm done with it. There is so much bullshit about investing and, and how to do it. I said, you know, I, 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 make, I make a course. So this course exactly tells you what to buy, when to buy, where to buy, how much to buy, when to sell, how much to sell. 
it totally eliminates your emotions because there are calculators that you know exactly when to go in, when to get out. There is fundamental analysis about crypto, not only about crypto, there's also fundamental analysis for stocks because you have to diversify your portfolio. There is asset allocation. There is how to get in, how to get out, all order types. You know, it's you really what Gonzo said. You really need to watch this several times and then go do it and, and take, take a demo account or so. Just start doing it because you have to get it in your fingers. And uh, yeah, I love That's it. Very yep. exciting, Andrew. And we're going to get this show started the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every single one of us. 2,036 followers. Our new goal is to break 2,500 by the end of the year. We are getting ambitious, but we love you guys. So go smash that follow button. The Bitcoin fear and greed index is still an extreme fear. Anybody who's been watching this show knows we've been ranging between 20 and 25 for about six weeks. Still nothing to address, but Selman, I'd love to get your thoughts on this. We're including this in the show from now on, the crypto bubbles. Check out the daily gainers. We got Hex Clay, none of our favorite tokens, but what do you think about this new model? Yeah, interesting. Like even Hex, you know, we, we know that Richard Hart got sued, right? And, and Hex has seen a little pullback, but now up almost 10%. This is interesting. And so in general, we've been just ranging for a long time and we're coming to an end. Uh, it looks like, you know, um, get ready. I mean, we've been ranging for for almost three months now. Nothing happened really. So um, I'm very curious. Some even like Av AVAX, for example, has broken out for, of the trend. Looks like, you know, something bullish could happen. Um, and Bitcoin dominance looks super bearish as well. So great, great setup for altcoins, of course. Market conditions globally are affecting Bitcoin as well. Um, and so it if it officially is a stable coin, guys, so 19200 But today we need to hold 19300 If we can close above, that's great. If we lose it with decreasing volume, of course, you know, we're coming to an end. That accumulation has slightly become distribution on the weekly. So curious if we can hold it. If not, of course, some kind of volatility and a pullback is still on the table. Awesome, Salman. So let's dive into the total coin market cap. We are sitting at $926 billion in total market cap this morning. Bitcoin is 39% dominance. Ethereum is 17%. We got Bitcoin sitting at 19200 Ethereum is 1300 XRP is $0.45. Cents. Cardano is still taking a hit at $0.35 cents this morning. AVAX is $16. Kronos is $0.10. Cents. Algorand is $0.30. Cents. And Quant performing very interesting during this bear market, sitting at $176. Gonzo, I'd love to go to you before we get into our articles. What are some of the things that you're watching this morning? And then we're going to talk some Ripple XRP. Yeah, so what I was looking at is like, so Link on Friday got into a, uh, into a range that I do my buying at. So, But uh, this morning I looked over some stuff. HBAR is kind of at the bottom of its trading range. It's kind of uh, in that range that I'd given to the community before for buys. Gala. Uh, is um, at the bottom of its trading range. Um, and then sand, sand is retesting the bottom of uh, the June crash. Uh, so it hasn't been um, any lower than it is right now. Um, and then Zilliqa, another one, if you guys know what Zilliqa is, Zilliqa is kind of at its bottom of its trading range. But um, what happened over the weekend is uh, Waters Above did some TA on Quant. Uh, and it was just really nice um, to hear that I, like I'm growing with my technical analysis and he kind of said some of the same things that I did that we had moved into the golden pocket. It kind of, uh, it, it kind of made its measured move into the golden pocket, the 702. And now it's kind of rolling over. Um, 
it could have one more kind of bounce. But um, if you just look straight at the TA, not the technicals, not the team, uh, it should gravitate back towards the 236. And the 236 is at about like $73. And then you have to wait to see if that holds because that's been a support level, right? If we don't hold the 236, then we're double bottom. We'll do what's called the double bottom, which is retesting that $40 range. So we'll see what happens, but that's just pure TA. So that was pretty nice. Thank you, Gonzo and Andrew Cashflow. I'm going to you next. People have been calling for a $10,000 Bitcoin price target. We even had some of the most prominent influencers in the market say that $12,000 was a given. They stated it was incoming. Well, we've got some opposing news here. We've got a great chart a chart analysis we love to show on this channel from Stock Money L on Twitter. He's showing that we've already regressed the typical standard amount for a bear market. And I'd like to switch to this more positive news, Andrew, because 58% of the ultra-rich in Hong Kong and Singapore are invested in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. They clearly know something we don't. And we're going to show our listeners a great article out of Hong Kong stating that CBDC adoption, it's about to come out and it's about to go mainstream. But let's dive into this news. 58% of the ultra-rich are invested in crypto. What's that mean to you, Andrew? Now, actually, what you see is I have the idea that, that in, 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 in that area, the eastern area of the world, they are much more aware of, of, of crypto and the new technology and where, where we are here fighting in, in, in Europe and in, in, the, in the US about yeah, what is allowed, what is not allowed. And the older governments are, 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 are very uh, yeah, um, scary, losing control. I have an ID, except them from, from China, because you are not uh, allowed to, to mine Bitcoin anymore in China. But there is a lot of innovation going there in those countries. I mean, a lot of people are, I, I know, I, I worked with a lot of Chinese people also in the past, and they have all very, very good education. So there is so much people that can that can build very good stuff. So, and it wouldn't surprise me if they just, yeah, uh, uh, speed up and just, just go faster in the innovation cycle as what we will do here in the West. So... Yeah, it, it's exciting times, but you know, we we should not forget that everybody in the end is on its own, and 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 we should make your plan of what you want, and don't care what others are doing. Make make your plan and stick to your plan, and and keep keep moving on. Salman, yeah. what I was inferring is that I think they may understand just how early in the adoption process we are. And we love to show this crypto adoption chart on our page. Look at how close we are to the bottom in the inception of this market. We are just getting started. And I think the foundational wealth around the planet understands that. But we're going to dive into some Ripple XRP news as Jeremy Hogan put out a video highlighting how this lawsuit may be coming to a close and what's going to be needed to get there but we have over 194 live listeners joining us show us some love smash that like button we're going to let this clip play and get some comments from the group here we go crazy speculation time what about a, a resolution of the case well i'm not going to hold back here all the cards are on the table at this point all major issues have been decided by the judge the emails have been handed over the parties know exactly how strong each side's position is if the sec doesn't want those emails made public between now and the end of the year is the time as I've mentioned before, Ripple would certainly love to move on from this case, and there's only one thing it requires. Let's hear it, hear it from Ripple's general counsel himself. We've said uh, publicly since day one that this case settles if the SEC makes clear that Ripple sales and distributions of XRP and XRP's trading in the secondary market does not constitute a security. If they're willing to acknowledge that, 
the case settles and settles very, very quickly. And there you have it. And so we can safely assume that the SEC has so far not agreed to settle with the stipulation that Ripple's future sales of XRP would not be considered sales of securities. And if you think about it, Ripple really has no wiggle room on this issue. So it's up to the SEC to really decide if the case settles or not. And in that light, the worse the litigation goes for the SEC, the better the chances are. And so you have to think that at this moment in time, if I was the SEC, I'd be thinking very hard about whether this is the hill I wanted to die on. Boom. And that's what I love to go to Selman G here. We've talked about this lawsuit for almost two years, and we are finally getting some definitive bullish sentiment around this subject. What's going through your mind when we see people like Jeremy Hogan claiming that it would actually be in the SEC's best interest to not go to court against Ripple? With the Hinman documents, right, with the emails that have been, you know, um, handed over to the judge, it was pretty much obvious, okay, like uh, we're coming to an end. It's going to happen very quickly. Uh, Brett Gowlinghouse, of course, said it, it, we, we, we would see some kind of a settlement uh, early 2023. So it's just, I don't know if, if it's even going to take that long. But one, one thing that we can definitely say is after a massive accumulation, guys, uh, we, we know XRP shot up all the way up to 58 cents, 60 cents, right? So with that news update, once that settlement comes, because I know on Twitter, everybody's speculating right now, is it going to go up to $3, $4, or is it only going to be 50% pump? I can only tell you that it's going to be short-term, a buy the rumor, sell the news event. But in the long run, of course, this is massive news for XRP, because obviously um, we will have the regulation behind us. Everything's you know on our side, green light for... Uh, for this and also we're going to get this this case will give hope to other cryptocurrencies as well right we've seen um the pretty much the free pass that ethereum received and now you pretty much like if ripple wins this case it's going to give hope to other cryptocurrencies as well and the whole world is just sitting and laughing at us like literally sec is just messing up with the crypto space so um i feel like with this settlement and it's right around the corner uh, great things will happen long term. We know, yes, but even short term, that's going to bring some, I would say, some kind of um, a nice um, spring feeling inside in the crypto space. So Stuart Alderati, the lead lawyer for Ripple, took the time to tweet out about the Hanneman documents. And he said over 18 months and six court orders later, we finally have the Hanneman documents, internal SEC emails and drafts of his famous 2018 speech. While they remain confidential for now at the SEC's insistence, I can say that it was well worth the fight to get them. And this is more positive news. I'd love to kick it to Gonzo. Yeah, you know, um, that's the million dollar question. Like what's going to happen once this thing settles? And, uh, you know, again, I, I wouldn't be surprised from from now to like maybe next spring is when we might get a settlement. Uh, but instead of like worrying about what the short term pri price action is going to be, because really, unless you're going to sell out of the project or maybe you're pulling profits, then it really shouldn't be that important where we're going to go, right? Because we're still in a bear market. And usually the people that are invested in XRP, it's for long term, right? It's for the potential of once these guys start like building more relationships within the US and we start getting that real use case that really kind of pushes it. Um, we can talk about it when you show the uh, other video, but um, you know we'll see if we get those th those um, those emails that finally get like released. We know that Ripple has them, but we don't know if like in some kind of deal that the SEC makes, 
they give Ripple what they want, but the only thing they ask for is not to release those videos. And when you look, if you check out a video uh, at the Rare Room event between what um, Charles Hawkinson and uh, BitBoy were talking about and the picture that he painted of where they were at, because he's an original founder of Ethereum, um, I, I'm starting to lean into what those emails show is that um, whatever was put in there was done by Hinman, even though the SEC's ethics committee had already warned him, you can't talk about this, you can't meet with these people. And I think that, you know, he added whatever he added last minute without their permission, right? Um, and then it caused that huge price pump, right? And that was the deals that he made with the Ethereum Alliance because we know they paid him $15 million. So it's going to be interesting if they come to light. Uh, but like the more that I, I see all the information, um, you know, you can't argue the fact that uh, what he did was criminal. And this is a really interesting picture we're showing our listeners now. We got 215 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We are showing you a tweet from the digital asset investor breaking down all of the important people of the Ethereum Alliance who met with William Hinman between May of 2017 and December of 2020. And there are some key players in the market today. I don't want to bore our listeners and go through this entire list, but Andrew Cashwell, I'd love to go to you. We're going to show our video. We're going to show a video of Charles Hotskins stating that XRP is creating conspiracies around this market. Well, we're going to dive into that right after this short clip. Belief that, that the SEC has woken up and decided to single out Ripple so that they can prevent Ripple from succeeding so it can't uh, overthrow the, the world order and replace SWIFT. That's a fantasy. They simply do not care. They've seen a fact pattern for whatever reason they don't like. Well, let me explain what that fact pattern is. That fact pattern is that many of the most important people in this market are part of the Ethereum Alliance. And what that means is they are financially incentivized to make the price of Ethereum go up so they can take profit. Now, when we say some of the largest players in this market, you may ask who we're talking about. Well, we are talking about BlackRock, JP Morgan, Consensus. Some of the largest financial players on the planet are involved in the Ethereum Alliance. And we're showing you a list right now of those people who met with William Hinman between 2017 and 2020. So I'd love to go to Selman. Selman, what does this list mean to you? Then we'll kick it to Andrew Cashflow. This basically shows like Ethereum is, I mean, yes, it's the second second largest cryptocurrency in terms of market cap. And yes, utility wise, it you know offers a lot, but XRP is pretty much a second um, altcoin that existed right after Bitcoin, right? And it's just it's just a big there is a big competition and obviously if you want to take over the world right with a new system you need a super fast and um very reliable blockchain and which is currently not ethereum even with proof of stake it's not gonna um get it you know um perform as well as xrpl does and so of course there is a big uh, competition going on and i can remember that vitalik buterin uh tweeted Back back in the days in twenty end of December twenty twenty when the lawsuit case started that he you know he saw he said something like shit coin to XRP right and even then we were thinking like why are you doing this like literally he's attacking crypto this is not just a fight against Ripple and um and pretty much like it shows that they got some kind of a nice free pass they got support and you see it right um, a lot of people literally in the uh, Ethereum. Uh, foundation literally talked to the government officials so you see they got some free pass and they just want to um even in the public eye they they want to they want 
to show Ripple XRPL as some kind of a centralized and shit coin, et cetera. Ethereum is the one and only. And there is a this is competition, guys. It's part of it. And uh, we need to live with it. This is part. You're always going to see people making like starting some kind of shit, shit storms. But um, it doesn't change the fact that um, Hinman documents have been, you know, handed over. And we're going to see what, what what it says. Right. They, they want to hide it. But at the end of the day, if, if we go for a settlement, if this doesn't go to court, we all know, OK, they really messed up. And um, Ripple is here to fight for the crypto space, not for themselves only. And uh, we're going to find out if Ethereum, if, if they were really criminal or we'll see. Gonzo, we got over 250 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I'm going to pull up a tweet from David Schwartz stating that he feels more optimistic about Ripple's prospects than he has over the past six years. And it's ironic because what happened six years ago, we went from one penny to $3.84 in only 240 days. So for him to be claiming six years ago, he's more bullish now. Some pretty exciting news for our holders. But what's it mean to you, Gonzo? Yeah, I just want to make a comment about like Ethereum, right? Because we're, we're giving our opinion and we're, we're talking about what, what happened with, but overall, like in general, does it change your investment thesis in, in Ethereum? For me, and that's my decision, absolutely not, right? Because what you're basically telling me, however you want to look at it, right? Is that they basically got a free pass. And so this is the chosen one, right? So absolutely, I'm still going to invest. We're commenting on what, what happened. And I believe that ETHKATE is a real thing, but overall it doesn't change my investment thesis into Ethereum. That's why I own it. Um, and, and that's why I'll continue to invest. So I just want to kind of separate that. Yeah. And that's really um, that's similar to Jake, coach JV sentiment as well, Gonzo. It's like, just because we understand that it was chosen by the largest banking institutions, that doesn't mean we can't bet on it to succeed. We just know the game. So we're willing to take advantage of it. Right. But please continue. Right. Yeah. No, I just wanted to say that, but, um, as, as far as like, uh, David Schwartz, what was the comment again? I'm sorry. I so got, David Schwartz tweeted out earlier this week. He said, maybe this is the exhaustion talking after a week of going to bed at 1 a.m. and waking up at 7 a.m. But I feel more positive about Ripple's prospects and those for the entire crypto space than I have over the past six years. And the reason this is so important is because we pulled up the price chart and exactly six years ago, XRP went from less than a penny to $3.84. And that only took 240 days. The conclusion I'm drawing here is he inferring that we are about to experience some massive price action. What does it mean to you, Gonzo? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, you think about like how long they've been working on this project, building their relationships. And we all know that like the price of XRP has been highly suppressed uh, because of the lawsuit. And we're about to get clarity. And I think we've all mentioned this before. When you look at uh, the, the asset class by itself, there are only a few cryptos or blockchains that are going to have that kind of clarity. They've already said that uh, Bitcoin is a, is a commodity. Sometimes they say Ethereum is a commodity. Sometimes they say it's, it's not, right? But XRP will 100% have a definition, right? Because you know these guys are either going to go all the way or like what we think is going to happen is they're going to settle. And they've already said they're not going to settle for anything less than for them to say that all future sales of XRP are not a security, right? So as far as like when you talk about an, an investment thesis or institutional money or whatever you want to look at of money flow coming into the project, um, this is what people are looking for, right? Especially when it comes when it comes to like legacy financial systems, right? Or you're talking about um, large amounts of like hedge funds and all that. They're looking 
to put money into this asset class, but they don't want to cross the SEC. So they're looking for clarity. And XRP is going to have that clarity when this thing gets resolved. And check out these statements made by the Ledger co-founder stating that he, he said this in French, so we can't play the audio. He didn't say this in English. He said that XRP is a centralized shitcoin and it's not even a cryptocurrency. I'm not even going to dive into the reasoning behind this, but what the heck is going on here, Andrew Cashflow? Why is somebody as important as the Ledger co-founder coming out and not only calling XRP centralized, but calling it a shitcoin? I know for me personally, this is where I store the majority of my XRP. So this is very concerning to hear him make these definitive statements, Andrew. Yeah, the first thing what I think that is a hidden agenda. There must be something under the under the surface that makes him to motivate to say XRP is a centralized shitcoin. Uh, you know, and of course XRP and Ripple works with a lot of, of banks. And of course, and but is it in for that reason a bad investment? No. What we are doing, we're trying to to make make some money and to make uh, to be in a uh, to, to create some generational wealth. And of course, we have to invest in several assets. Also XRP, we spoke a lot just about Ethereum. I mean, there are specific use cases that are very good applicable for XRP, but there are also very much specific use cases, very applicable for Ethereum. You know, if you don't need for, think about all the DeFi that we can build. So for me, it can all exist next to each other. And I would say, yeah, the co-founder of Ledger, um, he, he is still, a, 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 yeah, I, I don't know. I, I cannot say what is, I cannot say what, what is going on in his head. But, you know, I always say, do your own research, see what's happening. And I mean, so many people are enthusiastic about XRP. And then one person is negative. And should we give that person such much uh, exposure come on Just exactly to... andrew and i wouldn't even bring up these statements if he wasn't so important and so many people didn't store their xrp using his ledger but we got 291 live listeners joining us show us some love smash that like button somebody said what do you think about flare network we are going to be covering this at the end of the episode but i'd love to go to selman first Someone, why the heck do we hear the same narrative over and over again? XRP is centralized and XRP is a shitcoin. There's clearly no merit to this argument, but let's stick with the centralization narrative. What do you think about those statements there? And how does it make you feel that the co-founder of Ledger called XRP a shitcoin? I completely understand his view because anyone who doesn't do research, right, his or her due diligence Obviously, you know, um, you would think that it's a centralized shitcoin. Why? Because we want to have that decentralized platform because we we, we hate banks, right? We, we hate bankers. We want to have that decentralized. The power should be, uh, you know, going back to people and not helped by um, the bankers. But then they believe, you know, because bankers use this cr cryptocurrency, it must be a centralized shitcoin, right? And then you also see that, Ripple is holding 50% of the supply in escrow. People believe, you see, if they wanted to dump, they can. But, like, that makes no sense. Like, te technically, um, if you focus on the ledger, XRP ledger, it is highly decentralized. It's one of the best decentralized ledgers out there, right? And, uh, like, Collecti has a validator node as well. We, we are also part of this. So... Ripple has no influence in decisions, et cetera. They have some validator notes, but the, I forgot the percentage, but it's 
it just it's just couple validators among many others, right? So that's a big thing. And there are many projects out there. People are shilling nonstop. Their circulating supply is still 10, 20% with high inflation rate. And people still believe, you know, or you know, 50% inflation is still possible. Ripple is, you know, holding it. In fact, Ripple hasn't sold that many uh XRP, especially they didn't even um make use of the 50%. They they were buying and selling a portion, but not from the 50%. It was always the partners, actually, uh, the partners that used XRP, bought and sold XRP, right? So you can see the statistics. I've seen that um, recently dropping on Twitter. So it's actually interesting. And we're, I'm curious that speculation, uh, Ripple might hold the 50% for later as liquidity for once, you know, we really partner with swift or we take over right the world and uh, we replace swift and then we we could use that 50 percent but obviously you know i don't think that they're immediately going to dump 50 percent they're not dumb and so people use these two things to just call it a centralized chip coin but guys it is one of the most decentralized if not the decentralized you know uh blockchain uh, with zero incentives for validators when you see proof of stake cryptocurrency projects out there, people that are validating do are actually doing that to receive rewards, right? It's passive income for them. However, on XRPL, I am paying server costs. I'm not receiving anything. I just do that because I want to support that technology. I want to support the decentralization. And only those that want to do this, that want to support without receiving any rewards, this is the perfect thing. Check out David Schwartz's speech from um, March 2020, I guess, or February 2020. It should be February. Check it out, guys. He literally explains why he believes this is the best approach when it comes to proof of stake, etc. So, guys, it's decentralized, and it is not a shitcoin, I can tell you. that. Yeah, I mean, he obviously didn't do his research, right? But we're speculating here. But this goes back to the same thing that I was saying about narratives and separating narratives from your investment thesis, right? It's the same thing with like we were just talking about with Ethereum, right? If you just look at a ledger, we all use ledger. It's a good product, right? Because we don't want to have our cryptocurrencies on a centralized exchange. So you have a choice to make, right? You can continue to use ledger because it's a very good product and, and don't worry about the narrative and, and do what you're going to do. Or you can buy into the narrative and you can go to Decent or Trezor. But then what happens when they say something, right? So it, it just like, I just want to point out that you know, there are certain narratives that, that are in our, in the crypto space, right? And you really need to separate that from what your investment thesis is. Now, if you, if there's like a moral thing there, that's for you and you don't want to invest in Ethereum or now you want to take all your stuff off a ledger, you know what? More power to you. That's you. Everybody has to make that decision, but just understand that that's a very slippery slope because as different blockchains, if, as the founders come out and sometimes they're human, right? They say dumbass shit. So they may say dumb things that upset Clearly. another blockchain or another, like, you know, the XRP army or the Ada gang, whatever that is, it starts to kind of get in the way of what your investment thesis is and why we're here, right? To invest in these rails and to, in the future of what they're going to do. So I just wanted to point that out. Hey, let, let, let me say one thing. I mean, your coins are not on your ledger. Your keys are on your ledger and your coins are on the blockchain. So if somebody steals your ledger and doesn't have a code or, or it breaks or whatever, you still can always, you can approach your, your coins because they are on the blockchain. And even 
without the ledger, I can even, uh, uh, with, with, with another uh, uh, wallet, I can also access my, my, my XRP coin. So don't worry that you think, yeah, now I'm because it's such a negativity from the ex-co-founder or from the co-founder. Uh, don't worry. Your coins are safe if, you're, if you hold your keys on your, on your ledger. Thank you so much, Andrew. That, that's million-dollar information right there. We got 277 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I need to fix my green screen, but we're going to dive into this article first because Ripple's lead engineer steps down after a decade with the company, and he played an integral role in not only the development of the XRP ledger, but he's currently overseeing the introduction of NFTs. So, Selman, very important for you. Ripple XRP Labs Director of Engineering, Nick, can't pronounce his last name, has announced that he will leave the company after 10 years on October 22nd. He stated that all good things must come to an end, even if his decade-long stay at Ripple has been fantastic. The cryptographer and software engineer who worked at Samsung before Ripple added that his departure in the coming months would not affect the XRP ledger. I'm confident that it will be just fine, thanks to the talented and passionate individuals who contribute and participate in their own way. He continued that he would not join a rival blockchain or get involved in any DeFi or NFT projects in this market. But here's what's exciting. October, October 31st, we could have NFTs on the XRPL. And Selman, you had some very interesting comments about the developments and why this may be taking place. I'd love to give you the floor. Ripple's lead engineer has stepped away. What's it mean to you? Yeah, so it was actually, you know, on Twitter, uh, they chatted with uh, so David Schwartz uh, commented on his post. And it's really sweet to see how these developers are literally like just, you know, also making fun comments, et cetera, like engaging with the communities as well. That's pretty cool. But it was literally he just as you explained, literally um, his tweet was very peaceful. He said, hey, I've been here for 10 years. I finished uh, working on XLS 20 and it's, you know, almost done. It's it, we only got seven days left if consensus hells, um, holds which is currently at 91 point something percent. So it looks really good. And, you know, he wants to start a new chapter, which is fine. I mean, imagine you work for one of the best companies, Samsung, and then you work for a better company in the financial world. And, you know, like his, his book of life, his life story is actually pretty cool. He has great experiences. So, um, yeah, very, very exciting moment. Everybody's waiting for XLS 20. That's a big a big moment and he he has a big legacy actually here and um and no worries he also explained that you know ripple has great workers get great contributors so nothing to worry about just because he's leaving doesn't mean like um downfall happens now they have great leaders david schwartz is there and many new fresh developers as well so i feel like um ripple is just getting started and they're hiring very exciting, Selman. And we got 253 live listeners. We are about to show you the smartest way to track your crypto. Let that ad play, Johnny K. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, you're not alone. And it's probably because you don't have an exit plan. The good news is that it doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. First, it brings all your coins into one place from many exchanges and wallets, so you can simply see all of your assets across one screen. Next, you can see your total portfolio value, and more importantly, your daily gains, losses, and total since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands, so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin's smart algorithm lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached, so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. 
So go to at Get Merlin Crypto on Twitter. That's at Get Merlin Crypto and sign up for our 30-day free trial to get whitelisted so you can receive an email when the product is launched this fall. Don't wait and miss out on this new and innovative app. Sign up today and get on our Merlin whitelist. It is the smartest way to track your crypto. Now that ad pretty much speaks for itself, so there's not much more I can add besides if you're interested in finding out how to smart, how to track your crypto the smartest way possible, sign up for the link down below. 30-day free trial to get access to this brand new technology. So go check it out and let us know what you think. Let's dive into our next article as Interpool, the international police organization, has launched its first global police metaverse. Interpool is going to be offering immersive training courses to law enforcement all across the globe. So the global organization unveiled its first ever metaverse specifically designed for law enforcement worldwide. The Interpool metaverse allowed registered users to tour a virtual Interpool headquarters and also interact with officers via their avatars and even take training courses in forensic investigation and other policing capabilities. Anybody who loves your police, they're coming to the metaverse. So awesome news there. Gonzo, let's start with you. What does this news mean to you? And what do you think here? Uh, I think it was, I, I think it's good. I mean, I, it's kind of like the logical step of where the metaverse is going. Um, I think with, with COVID and the lockdowns and everything, a lot of their training, uh, I, I have people that are close to me that are police officers. Um, a lot of their training went to online, right? A lot of it is done by Zoom. And it really kind of changed the game. Because, you know, departments had to spend budgets to fly officers to different parts of the country to get training. And usually you're not going to get flown outside of the U.S., right, to go to where Interpol is, right? Um, and so I think it's huge because they have a lot of good training. Like in the U.K., I think Interpol has a lot of good training. And so now you have officers that are more local in the United States that will be able to attend that kind of training and kind of further their career, not their careers, but their kind of tool belts so that uh, it makes them better police officers. It's pretty cool. And it's pretty cool that it's going global. Someone, I'd love to get some quick comments before we dive into some news. Not only are we going to give our listeners a Flare Network update, we're going to show our listeners a video of ADA founder Charles Hotkins calling out David Schwartz and telling him to grow a pair. Before we get into that, let's get some quick comments from Selvin. What's this article mean to you? This is great news, especially on Wednesday on the Non-Fungible Show. We want to break it down. Many trademark filings from many companies, right? And this is pretty much really interesting to see that um, not even law enforcement's like literally they're going to have their virtual environment. Food companies have their own virtual environments. Life is getting virtual, guys. I can tell you that it's going to be a blend of everything, physical and digital. So it's just the beginning. If there is no bear market. You see, there is a massive record of trademark filings while we're in a, while we're talking about a bear market so you see it's going to come guys it's going to come within the next two years you're going to see massive um development in the space and massive massive announcements exciting exciting news and we're about to show our listeners an exciting video here as charles hoskins the founder of ada is telling david schwartz he needs to grow a pair but the audio is very difficult to hear. So if you can't hear, do not be alarmed. This is a very short video, only about 14 seconds. And then we'll highlight what he says afterwards. So we're going to let this sh short clip play and get comments from the group. Here we go. So I'm sorry for anyone out there who cannot hear the audio. I am going to swear because that is the quote. David Swartz said, how about you grow a fucking pair of balls and get your community to not be conspiratorial? Those are some strong, strong words from the founder of a project like ADA. 
What's interesting here is I'm wondering if this is going to come full circle. If the SEC or any regulatory body ever goes after ADA, I would expect other projects to be very, very critical. Love to start with Gonzo and then go to Andrew Cashflow. What do you think about Cardano's uh, Cardano founders' bold statements here? And why do you think he's become so anti-XRP? Is it really just because we hurt his feelings? Um, I, I think, first of all, I think the, the comment, it, yeah, he said that. I watched the whole interview. I feel like it's being taken out of context. I think you have to watch the whole thing. It's a very, very good interview. It was done with Bitcoin him at the Rare Bloom event. Um, I, you know, I learned a lot about Cardano. I like Charles, right? Again, does it change my investment thesis into ADA on what Charles says? Uh, no, it doesn't. Not unless he's actually talking something about the technology or how it affects them, right? But the comments between the XRP army and, and ADA, I just don't fall into it. Like my investment season hasn't changed. But I will say I watched the whole interview and there's kind of more to that comment. He kind of addressed the whole thing with the conspiracy thing, why he said what he said. So definitely check it out um, so that you can kind of get the full picture. Um, and that's all I say. But I like Charles. I, I, mean, I really like to meet him more. Go right back to you because the only thing that comes to mind when you make a statement like that, it's like the XRP community is built around conspiracy theories. I mean, think about Baba Cugs. Think about the way this community was constructed and built together. It all started from the narrative that everything was going digital and that XRP was going to be the chosen global currency. That in and of itself is a conspiracy. So I think that telling us to not follow conspiracies as an XRP holder, it's like telling a human being not to drink water. I'd like to go back to you, Gonzo. Okay, so, but what his comment he explained is was, is that what he meant is in a general term, right? Did he believe, right, that the entire SEC with all the thousands of employees that it has are in some major conspiracy with the founders of Ethereum? If you hear about where he was at, and he was at the beginning of Ethereum, it's like they literally raised $18 million. He says they were down to their last $500,000 in their bank. There were these young guys that were trying to get this project together, uh, and they weren't even in that mindset. They wouldn't even know what it was going to turn into to kind of like make these backdoor deals, right? And so that that's all I'm saying. I do believe, though, that Bill Hinman is where the problem is, right? That's where the conspiracy is. It's Bill Hinman and the people that were invested in the Ethereum Alliance, right? Those are the ones that caused the conspiracy. And I think he was talking in general. Watch the interview so you can see what he's talking about. Um, but yeah. Thank you, Gonzo. And let's actually get some thoughts from Selman before we kick it to our next topic. Selman, love to give you the floor, open thoughts, and then we're going to dive into the Flare Network update because I'm sure many of our listeners are excited. Yep, I just want to actually mention what Andrew basically uh, brings up all the time that you don't want to put your you know, eggs into one basket, right? Uh, Jordan, uh, so uh, what was his name again? Abs, you brought it, of course. You know, make more eggs that... that um, Kobe Bryant. Anyway, Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant said that, right? Yeah. If if you don't have, if you put all your eggs in eggs. one basket, if you put all your eggs in one basket, the solution is to make more eggs. That's that was. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, <laughs> but Andrew always says, you know, diversification is key, and if the project resonates with you, perfect, right? Do your research. But guys, think of this: Cardano is like Samsung. XRP is Apple, right? Of course, there is competition. Of course, they're gonna sue each other. Maybe they're gonna talk shit about you know each developer blah 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 at the end of the day what is their product what is uh their service they're offering and you know they have good service good products actually the community is strong they have a great customer just like in samsung and apple you have great customers people love samsung people love apple right and so just like that if the product is good 
all of the rest is just noise. I can tell you that. And this is why Andrew or apps uh, or sorry, Gonzo, you guys mentioned it, right? Just because Ethereum had a free pass doesn't mean that you shouldn't invest in Ethereum, right? If the product is good and you like it, then invest in it. That's why, you know, if some people are thinking of like dumping uh, Cardano just because of that statement, I mean, this is just noise. It's It happens. It's normal. Focus on the product. If you really like what they're doing, the technology is great, and you see a future for these uh, products, then why not? You know, having that it, as long as it resonates with you. At some point, if you stop feeling um, that it's, you know, going to perform well, then, of course, you can change it, put it out, put something else in your basket, and that's how you grow in this market. Hey, don't, don't forget, guys, these, these coins are very, very big. It is not just a, a shit coin or a small, a small cap crypto. They, they are in the top 10 of, of cryptos. So do your asset allocation. You know, you know how much money you want to invest in large caps, in small caps. And in the course, I exactly explain how you can do it and how you should do it. So to diversify, to, to spread out your risk. And if one of the, of the top 10 coins go bust, you still are in nine others, you know? And that's how you should do it. And what, what it said every time, over and over again, not all your eggs in one basket. It's actually, if you know it and if you have the awareness, it's simple. But yeah, do, do, your, do your homework. Thank you, Andrew. And we're going to give you guys the update you've been waiting for as Flare Networks is explaining why this update is taking forever and when we can anticipate those Spark tokens. So to be abundantly clear, we got a tweet from the CEO of Flare Networks here breaking down not only the airdrop, but what's taken so long to get this thing underway. He said, to be abundantly clear, Flare will be ready to have their airdrop next week. We are waiting on coordination with over 100 plus exchanges so the distribution is done correctly. That way, everyone gets their tokens, and we can get this all accomplished in a timely manner. Lastly, he said, on January 9th would be the absolute last day for the estimated airdrop. And I want to give a shout-out to Johnny Crypto here because they've kicked this can down the road for almost two years. The initial airdrop or the initial snapshot, I believe, was taken on December 12th of 2020. They told us that we would receive our Spark tokens in June of 2021. Here we are in October, nearly November, talking about when we could get that airdrop. I'd like to get some quick comments from Gonzo, and then we'll continue. No, I just, I'm glad I have Summon on here, because Summon, I, I won that bet. Remember, I said the merge would happen. This is the beginning of the year when we didn't know when the merge was going to happen. I said the merge will happen before we get the flare drop. But yeah, you know, I hope these guys finally get it together, because I, I do think it's good technology. I watched that uh, interview with uh, Bearable Bull and the founder. I, I think what's taken so long is because they kind of changed what they were doing. They added some layers to it. I do think the way that they bridge the blockchains, it's called um, layer cake, right? It's, it's unique to them. And I think they want to make sure they get it right. And that's why it's taken so long, right, to roll this thing out is because if you've spent any time uh, in this space, you know that the weakness is in the bridge, right? When we hear about these millions and millions or billions of dollars in hacks, they always happen at the bridge point, right? And so these guys, I'm sure, are making sure that they're like checking and checking and that this thing rolls out and that they don't have a problem because all it takes is one hack like that and it completely can destroy your project, right? So I'm sure they're, they're, they're going to eventually roll out um, and I'm sure it's going to be a good product. But th th I mean, it's technology. 
Yes. And one of the things I want to show our listeners is a project that maybe we don't cover enough, but is very, very exciting, especially when you talk about institutional adoption. We're going to get a breakdown from our friend BitBoy Crypto here. We showed you a video last week that went viral. Well, this one could go viral for different reasons. We're going to let this short clip play breaking down the utility of XDC and why so many people are excited about this project. Here we go. Okay. So XDC, also known as Zenfin, what is it? XDC is an EVM-compatible Layer 1 network. EVM stands for the Ethereum Virtual Machine. It's kind of the biggest thing in crypto in a lot of ways. Everything runs through the EVM that happens on the Ethereum blockchain. Of course, you know Ethereum right now is the number one overall blockchain in the world when it comes to users. So the fact that XDC is interoperable with EVM, well, that's a big deal. So XDC is meant to be used on an institutional level. That's what XDC is, but what does it do? XDC is focused on regulated industries. Think institutions. Everything has to be regulated, compliant, compatible. This makes XDC perfect for working with global trade and finance. And I want to highlight here really quickly. So we covered a video from Kevin O'Leary last week that stated every day in Saudi Arabia, the people who are pumping oil out of the ground make $250 million every 12 hours. So they only have a couple of places they can put that money and all of it goes into what? SCC regulated assets. Zinfin is bridging that gap. We could see a product like Zinfin bridge the gap between a massive liquidity of cash like Saudi Arabia and SEC regulated assets. And I think that's what BitBoy is highlighting. Whenever you hear the word institutions, think big money. I'm going to let this clip play. XCC reaches network consensus through a delegated proof of stake mechanism. They specifically call their brand because everybody's going to have a unique name, XDPOS. And the consensus architecture is similar to what we know as proof of authority. Now, you may have heard of proof of authority or POA before, because that's what VeChain uses, another large project in the crypto space. Pretty exciting stuff there and a very brief breakdown, but it highlights some of the reasons that XDC could not only be one of the most important players in the market going forward, but how it bridges the gap between SEC approved assets and some of the biggest liquidity hubs on the planet. And I want to show this list of our listeners again. These are ISO compliant tokens and we talk about them every single day, but Selman, I'm not sure if you're very informed about XDC. I know our man Aaron Brown is. Shout out to Aaron Brown. Always talks about XDC and puts it in the comments. So thank you for keeping us informed. But Selman, give us some of your thoughts. And then we're going to close it out with some pretty interesting news that I've got prepared for our listeners. Yeah, that sounds, you know, really interesting. I only traded XDC, but I, I was like, everybody's talking about it. Yes, I know it's part of, you know, the, uh, I hate to say it, like 2022 compliant cryptocurrencies. But um, um I know I should do more research on that and uh, we should definitely do that all together in, in case, you know, um, we have people still asking because XTC, obviously, you know, if, if, if the future is going to be, you know, these 2022 uh, compliant um, cryptocurrencies, then absolutely, you know, Algo, yes, Algo is great. Quant is great. Uh, Ripple is great, but I haven't checked out XTC and it looks like, you know, uh, it, it's currently a very cheap price to be honest. And um, maybe it's it's a hidden gem. So I need to check it out. And it was also just added yeah. to Uphold as well. And I'm pretty sure just to tell our listeners, I believe it's only three cents a token. So it's one of those exciting projects where it still has a really small market cap and you can accumulate a lot of tokens for a very small price. But Gonzo, I know you had some comments. The floor is yours. I was just going to say what you said, like you could buy it on Uphold. And the issue with Uphold is the tier system where you can't pull them off. Recently, they approved it. It changed its tiers. So now you can pull your XTC off of Uphold. For, so, so for those of you that don't like to use um, like KuCoin or the other exchanges because they're a little bit different, 
um, Uphold is one of the easiest places to buy it. And now you can move it off and move it into your wallet. Kevin Cage talks a lot about it. We had uh, Jeremiah Crypto. He was on the show with us. He did a really good Twitter thread. If you search for it, you can see. But um, yeah, it's one of the ISO tokens. So I definitely um, started accumulating when uh, Jeremiah started talking about it. It's been months now. So yeah. So, so shall I say it once more? No more than two to $500. And do it layered. Not everything at the same moment. Yeah. Keep, stick to your plan. Amazing. Then, that, is called, that is called rational position sizing. You know, if you lose your full investment, it doesn't matter. If it goes 100x or maybe 1000x, you make a lot of money. And that's how Andrew, to be honest, that's what I bring up to our students, like literally to our members of the academy. Your example, just putting 200, 300 bucks, maybe, right? Because you never know. You can make a 20x, 30x, 100x return. You know, I know someone who put like 200 bucks, made 15,000. I know someone who put like 250 and made 90,000, right? It's it's just insane. And uh, yeah, you never know. You just want to reduce your risk. Don't put it all at once. As you mentioned multiple times, hell yeah, that, that's a very smart move. Awesome, guys. And we're going to dive into our next news topic. But before we do that, 246 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Yeah, bro, XRP just hopped into the live chat. We are going to show you guys a very cool video and, well, cool debating, depending on who you are, of Nancy Pelosi saying inflation, well, it shouldn't be talked about. So we're going to let this short clip play only 20 seconds to get some comments. Here we go. And the fact is, is that uh, when I hear people talk about inflation, as I heard it there, we have to change that subject. Inflation is a global phenomenon. Mm. The EU, the European Union, the UK, the British have higher inflation rate than we do here. It's not, the fight is not about inflation. It's about the cost of living. You know what's interesting? I think there's two things going on that we should point out. One, they're trying to solve inflation by printing more money right now. And two, it's very easy for Nancy Pelosi to make statements like that when you're worth half a billion dollars and have access to unlimited insider trading. I'm sure that inflation doesn't affect you. But when you talk about an everyday person, somebody living off fifty dollars to $100,000 a year, inflation plays a massive effect, not only on how you travel, on how you get to work, the amount of free time you had. It's the center of our conversation for a reason. Inflation affects every single aspect of our lives. So for her to make those statements is very ignorant. I'd like to go back to Andrew Cashflow. What's that mean to you? Yeah, you know, what a, what a BS. I mean, but exactly what, what you say, uh, apps. If you only have to spend maybe two to $300 uh, a week, you know, and, and, and you have to, if you have, and it doubles and it triples all the price. If, if you see here in Europe, especially in the Netherlands, we have inflation of 17% compared to last year. It is ridiculous. And then keep telling, like this, these ladies, yeah, you don't bother, and it is about the cost of living. Bullshit. I mean, it, it's, it, it, it and, and but how is it caused? It is not a worldwide phenomena. It is caused by printing money, 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 printing money and more money and trying, you know, and if you got more of something, yeah, it, it gets, everything gets more expensive. Gonzo, I'd love to get some closing comments from you here. What do you think about the inflation news? And how do you feel about Nancy Pelosi telling us this isn't what we should be talking about, even though it's infecting and affecting every part of our life? You know, it's the same thing over and over again, right? Like, uh, you know, first it was transitory. 
Then they tried to tell us that we're not in a recession because they changed the definition. And now she's like, okay, well, don't talk about it. If you don't talk about it, then it's going to go away. Didn't you know abs? So if we don't talk about, if we all just stop talking about it, actually, you know what? Inflation is our part. It's our fault. It's, it's because of us. If everybody in the world stopped saying the word inflation, it would just go away. So it's really our fault. It's your fault, Abs. It's Andrew's fault. Because we continue to talk about inflation, it won't go away, right? So, I mean, it's just ridiculous, right? But they're kind of screwed. The Fed's screwed because inflation's so high. If they turn the money printers back on, the economy just blows up. So they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. Um, we'll see what happens. But I, I mean, I don't even, that's why I don't watch the news. That's why I don't listen to politicians, dude, Like, because it's just ridiculous. And it's on both sides, right? They, they both do the same thing, right? Redefining words. It's that whole cancel culture thing. I, like, I just focus on uh, my crypto stuff, and, and, and that's what I do. Uh, Selman, I'd like to get some comments from you, but I want to remind our listeners really quickly of this news. UK's new prime minister is bullish on crypto. So this is their new official. And he put out a tweet saying, we're working on making the UK a global crypto asset hub. And because I'm very biased to the XRP army, we all remember it all starts in London. But back to our original topic, Selman, you got any comments for our listeners? Yeah, I'm super uh, excited for for the Ripple, um, what was it, Ripple event in London, which is going to happen in like three weeks. Yeah, the Master swell Card. event. The swell, yeah, the swell event. Yeah, I'm super excited. And I've seen this one in the comments. Man, I swear Beetlejuice would be a better uh, politician than these people here, literally. Um, guys, it's just insane. I'm so tired of hearing all of that nonsense. Literally, they think we're super stupid. Um, inflation, our fight is not inflation. Our fight is cost of living. Like, I'm just going to, you know, it's it's – a rhetorical question you know uh it makes no sense at all right what she's saying so uh back to you abs awesome guys and that's actually going to close it out for today's episode so we're going to say thank you to each one of our special guests thank you to gonzo thank you to andrew cashflow and thank you to ceo of of collecti lab selman g i am looking for the music in the background so we may have no music today but we're going to close this thing out the same way we always do by saying warriors ah, get your shit together baby thank you for joining us Let's oh, go. Beautiful, Gonzo. This Wednesday, we got Waters Above joining the program. 217 live listeners. Smash that like button and have an amazing day. Love you guys.